Welcome back, everybody, to Rules of Arena Podcast, episode 46. We are finally back at Blind Ninja Studios, and those of you watching live on the live stream on Twitch, which you can find by going to twitch.tv slash rules the arena, we're not in the same studio. We've upgraded. Uh, well, the studio upgraded. I just kind of came along as a package deal. Uh, now we're in a studio with windows and, and even central air, so now we don't have that <laughs> annoying ear heater going off every 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I want to pass beer on to Casey. Yeah, you want beer? <laughs> <laughs> Justin just denied me beer. <laughs> Joining me tonight uh, is my super producer Casey, and of course, uh, Grandpa Ben is still lost. We have search teams and and dogs and flyers up around town in the Saint Croix Valley looking for him. So hopefully he'll return someday. And tonight, I'm happy to welcome back Brian, co-owner of The Best Brewery in downtown Hudson. And after much negotiation, his business partner, Justin, is making his first appearance on the show. Thanks, Justin. Or thank you both for guys for coming down tonight. Right on, man. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having us. We finally made it work. And we had to, with the studio moving, we had to kind of reschedule some stuff. Yeah, I kind of forgot. Here we are. Until like two weeks beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime listeners might recognize Brian. He's been on the show a couple times, uh, both as a guest and also helped me out as a kind of a celebrity guest host before. Um, the best sandwich maker I think you've ever yes, had. Yes, it was. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, we had the, the one armed man came through and brought a bunch of like bread and things, and we made sandwiches. That was fun. That was pretty rad. And uh, sat down on a No Story no Left Behind episode back, uh, episode two, and you kicked that off. Great comment calling uh, Corey a butter bar. <laughs> That's right. He didn't deny it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, Justin, for the folks that haven't heard you on Homebrew Bound, would you just introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, I'm Justin. <laughs> um, you, you have such a good script. I feel like anything I say is going to throw it all wet. Nah, <laughs> no. This is just for me because it's severe ADD. No, uh, name's Justin. Uh, Brian, I've been at Hop and Barrel since it started, which for us is three years now. We'll mm-hmm. have our anniversary this winter. Um, yeah, we were always, the brewer, The opening of the brewery was like December 8th. Uh, so it'll be three, like about three, three months roughly and we'll be, have been open. But he and I started working together in August of three years ago. Yep. Brian, do you just want to introduce yourself to anybody new listening? Oh, sure. Yeah, um, I'm I'm Brian. I uh, I do uh, a couple podcasts on this studio. I co-host the Homebrew Bound show with Casey, and then um, I don't know what I just show up for Doo because I'm already <laughs> I'm already here, and I think the first time I came down to the studio, I I was like. How do I can I do this more now? Well, the the first time <laughs> you guys came down was uh, for the Half and Barrel episode of Doo. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so. And, and then I so he just kind of keeps showing up since yeah. then. He has a lot. I kept I kept showing up, and then there was a vacancy, and they filled the they filled the position with me. And, and so they had a plaque yeah. on the table right here. <laughs> yeah. Justin, were you in the beer industry prior to launching Hot Barrel? No, I, I was not. Um, kind of a, a home brewer leading up to it, but uh, I was in the legal industry. It was my, my first career. So that's a bit of a jump. What was your first experience with the craft beer world? Well, I, like I said, kind of got into home brewing. Um, gosh, hard to peg, but four or five years before we opened up. Um, Wasn't there some event that 
kind of sparked your yeah um, deal. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a full circle thing, actually. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, no, I I helped with the uh, Rotary Group in Hudson. They put on a fundraiser, and it was a craft beer tasting thing. I uh, worked with Casanova to bring in a bunch of just a bunch of Wisconsin beers and do a fundraiser for a lot of the efforts they were doing. And it was literally we were hanging out with some friends, and one of them's like, "Hey, do you want to help put this together?" And you know, did that for two years. And I'm like, I should just kind of that. That was literally my first experience, really. Learning about a lot more craft beer. Um, obviously, had a few things, but that's where I really jumped into kind of the craft world. Started brewing a few months after that. Jumped down the homebrew rabbit hole. Yeah, and that hit pretty hard. <laughs> what was your first homebrew that you did? The uh, did you Irish do a kit. Or did oh yeah, you? I started two kits, and then I looked back. You didn't look back after that, really. I started doing my own, but I did the Irish Red Kit from Northern Brewer, and then their clone of Pliny. I forget exactly what it's oh, called. Gosh, no. It's <laughs> probably something very clever. They have very clever. Yeah, but it was just a stupid amount of hops and hop extract. And <laughs> it was a it was a fun beer to brew even from a kit. It was actually one of my, I mean, I had a lot of fun brew days since then, but it was a very rewarding kit experience, I'd say. And then after that, I started doing my own. First beer I ever designed after that was called Firstborn. It was for <laughs> my, uh, my, it was turning one for my one-year-old's first birthday. For my for, that came out really wrong. For my oldest, his first birthday, <laughs> still butchered it. <laughs> You'll oh, get there. Yeah, I was <laughs> I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's only take me three. Hang years. On, let me have another drink. You have an, yeah, I was gonna say even a allotment of of. Uh, <sighs> We're passing around the. Is it the twice baked I brought down? The 2019 twice baked idiots. So yeah, it's a version of our ridiculous idiots barrel aged, uh, or ra rather, ridiculous idiots is a Russian imperial imperial stout. Oftentimes we will put it in barrels, sometimes not. And then if we do blends, then we uh, make deviations um, on the names. And this one just happens to be from 2019. And we had thrown a keg of it on kind of, oh, what's the date on that crawler? This uh, one's 19. Well, I mean, March I, of 19. I think oh, I see what you're saying. This was from March. This March? Looks like from the year 2030. So <laughs> this, uh, this one time traveled. Clearly, I feel like we put this. We had this on, and, and it was twenty twenty. Yeah, this, and, this is from the twenty twenty. Yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I found I picked this up when you guys were doing your takeout at the tap room. Yep, yeah. that makes sense. What a fun, fun period. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're homebrewing, when did you have that idea? I think every guy goes through, hey, now it used to be, I want to own a bar. Now it's, I want to own a bar or I want to own a brewery. <laughs> when did that thought pop I mean, in your head? I think the pop, the idea pops into people's minds at different times of, oh, this would be an interesting choice. Um, I didn't really act on it or do much, but it was sort of there fairly early on, but just kind of ebbed and flowed and became a hobby I jumped into. Um, you know, I think at my peak, I was either brewing at like three in the morning to get to work and finishing up or taking weekends off or days off from work and doing four or five batches a week. Jesus. So we, we have a hop freezer at the brewery <coughs> now. Mm -hmm. um, I have one that exact same size that had 16 taps in my basement. <laughs> And I was giving away so much beer, and then it's hard, man. When you can't drink it, yeah. Casey's, I I know that game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we, and then you know, of course, Gordon made big oaf, and then it sat on tap because it was like a 
Twelve point one percent. Forty-seven percent. Yeah, insane. No, it was what twelve point one. You said. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, you can't you can't sit and do podcasts and drink pints of that, Gordon. But he oh, does. You can't. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is pushing thirteen. I would on your uh, Nacho Day party. I filled up this four times. You know, thirty-two ounces, one hundred. Oh God. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and then you ate one pepper seed and got sick. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> You're blaming the pepper? <laughs> that was my point. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> so what, what made you eventually want to make that career change? And was it a tough sell to your wife um, going from your well, it, it, safe family law job? To... Yeah, sure. Uh, it kind of went kind of went in two ways. I mean, I, I started contest brewing, and that's kind of what got me the confidence and really started thinking about it. And then uh, Brian and I kind of fell in at American Sky, which I think everyone's kind of heard that story. But that's, that's where we met. I would bring brew there and try to get feedback, and he wouldn't have much because he liked the beer and – you know, but it was it was the local homebrew group that I, I hung out with there, and that's where Brian and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, so things kind of advanced, and I was at a point in my career where it was like, well, I can either go off and start my own law firm or go further with this or do something I was more passionate about. So that was the impetus for, you know, kind of sitting down seriously with Brian, and I think it was the right time and place because Brian, I mean, I'll speak, I'll speak for you, but sure. he, he was consulting and opening up a brewery in Guatemala at that time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fed in my head, too. So then when he came back, we sat down and started talking. And I was picking his brain to get ideas. And one thing led to another. And we just kind of started working together from there on. Brian, didn't you do another brewery overseas? Was it just Guatemala? Yeah. Okay. I thought, is there someone else at Hot Barrel that was down in... Ethan. Yeah, Ethan was in... Costa Rica, Rica yeah. for a short period of time, brewing in like a storage container or something weird with like goats or <laughs> God, I, I don't know. He, he slowly lets more. Are we Did you talk? break the chair, Gordon? Nope. Oh, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I told Casey when I got, oh God, this is a whole fucking story. We'll save it for later. But the whole chair thing. And I was like, Justin, I need a link for chairs. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it was this whole thing. Anyway. <laughs> And I was like, you need to make you Gordon him on day sit one, in a Gordon. chair that he's not going to fucking break. And I don't know if that's... Yeah. I don't think these are these chairs. I don't think... That I know some guys that do welding. I'll just have them make oh, me a, a meat-proof chair. Well, just, well, yeah, there's well, one, one over there that you already on. broke. Like, isn't there? No, well, no, we threw that we one. Away. <laughs> I, think, I think I sent him a link, that other chair, I sent him the link for the one that I have at the office. Yeah. Casey was like, no, that's the one that Gordon broke right away. <laughs> I was like, okay, get the other ones. Justin seems to think it's comfortable enough to sit in all day, like, get the chairs. Like... <laughs> So when did you two start laying the groundwork for opening the brewery? It would be February of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I have pictures because I have pictures on my phone camera of like they, the winery went under and we went in a few days later to look at and see if we could salvage any of the equipment and see what the space looked like and all that. And the only thing we were really able to, uh, reap the benefits of was um, the fact that there were drainage. There was drainage cut in the floor already, and yeah. like literally everything else just went out the door. Because wine, it, it as it turns out, wine equipment does not translate into beer making at, in like in any way, shape, or form. Nope. And they had some random ass shit in there. Yeah, <laughs> but that I mean that kind of sped up. We were talking. We were thinking about maybe finding a spot to be at the time. We were already 
ended up being open. And a lot of that was yeah. because our site became open and we just jumped on we it. We had right? we so. had to make we just had to throw it into gear, so we did. <laughs> yeah. What are what are some of the first steps that you have to take and looking back on it, would you have done any of those differently now with you know, three, four years of experience under your belt? You know, I'm pretty proud of the planning we did. I was going to say n- no, really. I d- with with the 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 prime location we have, which which the, you know, with the with the way that we planned and executed everything, I don't I don't think we could have done much better. I mean, with with no. what we had to work with, and and I'm I'm happy that we, like I said, the location is a big deal, um, is high, high visibility. Even if people aren't stopping in to drink, they are marking that spot in their mind you know you know i think for us it's like well we probably wouldn't have needed this part of equipment or you know <laughs> or we would we, wish we wouldn't have brewed this beer but blank differently or 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 lab, you know named this beer differently or known yeah. what color labels wouldn't <laughs> fucking sell and that would be but, but as far, brown and uh as far orange as, yeah so Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> sometimes red you know and then you know it's oh okay we're gonna change the ipa from a purple color to a green it's just little little stupid things yeah but as far as the planning i, yeah, I, I i'm really proud of i don't think we could have done much better that, yeah. frankly was the st Croix valley or hudson area always part of plan or were you looking at other locations i think it, dude it happened it happened so fast that yeah wisconsin it, and partially Croix, yes Hudson was definitely the epicenter of it, and that was the first priority. I mean, you know, I remember yep. talking with guys at Big Guys about that area when St. Joe was just kind of, and that was, you know, there, there's a lot of concerns as far as it comes with wells and waters and city municipalities yeah, and all those kind of things. But there, there was and still is the leveraging of, you know, Justin and I, our connections in, you know, Justin more in like the, the public sector as far as like just knowing people from the area and that and mine's more knowing people in the industry like we hired a person recently and I was I was able to call up like four different people and be like hey tell me about this person (laughs) and you know vet them and all that and I think that that's a huge I don't I'm sorry I'm not probably following your list here but you know we've leveraged you know personal relationships and, and connections and, and that has definitely been help helpful and fruitful for us. So and why downtown Hudson? You know, why not up on the hill where you have a little bit more accessibility and parking? Cause it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's down- more expensive. I mean, yeah. downtown's not cheap either, but it's, I think our, our site's unique. I, I don't know yeah. if downtown would have been something we'd ever considered if not for our mm-hmm. particular building. I mean, you know, the drain floors ready to go like that. Read, there were drain, drainage, there was drain, yeah. drainage cut. <laughs> and you got, the, the amount of traffic down there is insane, at least pre-COVID, you know, it's yeah, it's getting a little better, but, um, yeah. I don't yeah. know, you can't find a parking spot on a weekend. <laughs> parking, Casey and I were yeah. talking about that on the way over to the studio, how, like, how we're just like, oh, I want to get something to eat, but I, I don't want to go downtown. I don't want to deal with, I don't want to deal with that today. Just can we just level the marina and put a parking ramp up there? Oh, there's a couple coming. <laughs> no, there are. Yeah. And I mean, that was the other part of it. Hudson, I mean, much like a lot of this area. Developing. Every, yeah. Every town has developing going on, but Hudson's got a lot of plans for it's, downtown. Yeah, it's so. bursting at the seams. Yeah, it is. And, 
I mean, it literally is. It, it can't really grow much further. <laughs> no. Than it. Well, you guys are one of the few with an actual parking lot downtown, too. <laughs> I mean, if you can call that a parking lot. Like, yeah. Well, how many spaces do we have? Right. 10? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it gives us well, flexibility. Does, and we're Wisconsin, yeah. so I mean, you know, we're our per our. We have a permit for yeah. drinking beer in our parking lot, we which lets us do have outdoor space concerts out. and have people distance and watch these concerts now and and um, you know sell beer in the parking lot and have people wander around with pints, which is really neat. Um, yeah, I think that's that's more of a we kind of play by the rules and we're more ask permission than ask for forgiveness types. Though we do push it once in a while and do the <laughs> forgiveness thing. But I'd say very I mean, rare. You're building very rarely. Your building, the first time I went into your building was when you guys first opened up, and I thought, I remember back when it was still like a, a off-road sports kind of store, and I thought yeah. just that front where your tap room area it was. Yeah, I haven't heard that <laughs> one. I just, yeah. I, I just agree at this oh, point. Oh, <laughs> people, people are always like, what was this before? And I'm like, a winery. No, no, it was a car dealership yeah. before that, yeah. though. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, it was at our building, though, too, remember? (laughs) Oh, but you know what, though? It was the glass company. Because, you know, you see the thing on the floor that says glass company. It's just like, it's this building that that didn't have anything very interesting for a very long time, excepting probably the car dealership. I don't really know. An old-timer rolled in. Uh, and and pointed at the showroom floor and said, "I bought a 1969 GTO off the showroom floor here in 1969 or whatever," <laughs> which I which was really neat. And he had you know the wistful uh, look in his eye, the mistiness was going, you know, and yeah. I like to think that was because of the beer he was drinking, but it probably wasn't. <laughs> Did we have beer? Was it? We had beer at that time. Did we? Yeah, I don't remember. My memory's yeah. pretty fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember thinking your tap room space was the entire building. And then when I went there for the first time, it's like, Jesus Christ, yeah, just, just like a third fucking of it, going. Yeah. That's, that's how we were like first getting into it. Yeah. It took like four or five visits till you get over that. And then you realize, Holy shit, it's a huge building. It was long rambling building. It's now that you guys have a 30 barrel system in there. Do you 15, wish you 15? Well, it's t- technically it's like 18.9 or something like that. Do you um, wish you barrels. were bigger? No, we could we we couldn't and no. And the way we piped it, uh, the engineering behind the uh, system will make it sort of work like a five barrel, or I'm sorry, if like a five tank system in 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 a sense. Um, and so when you know when we do get bigger, we can move the system in there. It can just be you know like shift brewing. Um, so no, we 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 thought ahead. We uh, built in growth mode is what Justin used to say a lot i think yeah we we have done this what we're doing now 150 times not a podcast necessarily but like (laughs) sitting around over beers with people and answering these same questions which is totally you know obviously fine but um yeah i think we'd be built in growth mode is is how we kind of say it i guess yeah and as of you know this summer we're not quite at capacity. I mean, we could push things a little harder, but the it's second something's packaged, the next day we're brewing. Pretty so close. Pretty close to capacity brewing now. So as we've of the last three months. got two very steady and sturdy brewers, and we've. And I guess we can let it out. I figured we, we'd share the the new information. Yeah, we first. we hired an assistant brewer that probably won't do a ton, a ton of brewing. We'll probably do more <laughs> data data analysis and lab. Like we we the way we engineered the position was that you're you're a lab monkey. And then you will help with packaging and then you will mill in grain and then you will analyze spreadsheets and numbers and then 
down the line we'll probably get you going on some cellaring and brewing um you know it's so essentially taking away all like the the menial tasks from Katie well, uh, well no, no, I guess menial might not be the right word. Not but. necessarily menial, because I, I don't know, man. Like cleaning cleaning a fermenter sounds menial to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and really, we found someone whose skill set isn't even isn't even really brewing or mm-hmm. using the lab, yeah. but it's in data analysis. Data analysis. Oh, okay. So it's thinking ahead to the next step of once we have a brew sheet, a malt analysis yeah. sheet, Let's, and, and yeah. all this other data, we can start compiling it. I don't know how technical you want to run into that, but it's the, the, the malt came from some spot in a field. It went to a lab. It was analyzed. Its efficiency is calculated. When we pair that up with the third generation of 3470 yeast uh, and, and this crop of 2019 Sapphire hops and what have you, we are trying to crunch the numbers for repeatability. We're trying to crunch the numbers to make sure that every single time Minnesconsin tastes the same, we're happy that it all always pretty much always tastes the same, but we want to know why and how Um, you're not just at this point, we're not throwing darts at the wall. We're, you know, we are a distribution brewery. We are growing and we are working for repeatability and just, just, you know, just extreme ownership of making quality repeatable product. that process so, for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's part of it. And it's, you can't ask people that are basically spending their entire lives brewing and packaging and cleaning to s- sit down and analyze some, you know, make it, I mean, you can, but it's, you know, every time those two are in, they're in overtime all the time. And it's like, okay, okay. their minds are elsewhere. Well, yeah. I mean that yeah. too. And, and that, and that's fine. That it's where they should be. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Was an interesting process, and I mean, I don't hire, hiring somebody for such a small, you know, um, culture, and making sure they fit in, and that is is extremely important to us because we run the way that Hop and Barrels run is it's like three little businesses. Um, you know, you've got the tap room, uh, you've got the sales, and then you've got. Um, brewing operations and our brewing operations are run completely differently than the other two arms of the business. And it is distinctly more democratic collaborative. Um, it's, I don't, I don't really know who's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, stuff gets done. Yeah. No, I, I, I do stuff. Sometimes if I can't do the stuff, Ethan does the stuff. Sometimes Justin does the stuff and it just, we, you know, it, just, it is just run differently. It runs great. We needed to find a person that would fit. Yeah. It's probably not a sustainable system as we grow, but for Doubt, five yeah, or six people not. with the right personalities, <laughs> it, it works well for what we're doing. Yeah. Once you, you know, it's, we say hire people that are smarter and more capable than you. And oh. <laughs> Then try to not to look like a boob. <laughs> Something I learned from the legal world. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, no, too, too many law firms hire people who they think are dumber than them. or the, know, it's, no the good ones are you hire people who are better than you. And point in that. And then when they get smarter, you have to try really hard not to feel bad about it. <laughs> 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 Fuck, didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh, because oh, I was arguing about accessorial charges from the shipping company. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and you pay them to think of it. Right. You're not wrong. 
I thought we were going in another direction. I can share hmm. the, the cr- new creative side news we have coming up. Oh, that's Ooh, fucking pretty on? rad, too. Yeah, so, go ahead. So actually, to, to kind of segue, and I, lots, in my, of, lots of fun news. Yeah, actually. in my head, I call it the bent paddle problem. <laughs> and and this just because I would, you know, I go to Duluth, and I was a fan of bent I, I am a fan of bent paddle. Um, Same. And what I realized, and this was this was years ago before the new tap room, is they were doing so well and, and kind of the same thing. They were growing at such a clip where you'd go to the tap room, and it was the same beers all the time. And it was a symptom of they were doing so well with their distribution, they didn't have time to brew. And, and they have, I think, a 20-barrel system. Yeah. They didn't have time to brew 20 barrels of something random and unique for the tap room because they had didn't have the space, they didn't have the kegs, they didn't, yeah. you know, you can't have that taking up room when you're trying to make your sales. And we started seeing symptoms of that in the last year. It, it's of, funny that way because we had been sort of griping about that, and then now it's like, oh, now, now we're in the same. doing that now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, have, we have 16 tap lines, but it's, you know, you have your core ones and your seasonals. We don't have Look, the capability to do. I'll lay it out there. We made a we made a black lager that is fucking amazing. It's uh, one it's, of the best. It's one of the best beers you guys have beers ever made. Beers we've ever made. Does not sell. Can we make a 15-barrel batch of it? No. Are we going to can it? No. <laughs> Are we going to do the thing that Justin's about to tell the news about and and do that thing? Yes. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, that was good. Really, uh, we pulled a uh, pulled the trigger on a pilot batch system. Be about two barrel, with a couple four barrel fermenters coming in from our current manufacturer. They'll plug right into our system. Yeah. So this is what like a recirculating rims system that does the computer, the fancy little display, and you just. Poke the button like and a plug and plug and play yep. does the thing. That's so. cool. It will be taproom exclusive. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you about this. No, damn. We <laughs> talk all the time about homebrew things. Yeah, I'm that sorry. would have been perfect to bring up a homebrew bound. Instead, I you're like, I, I haven't done anything done beer any related. Any. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Pass me another Montelo, bitch. Uh, <laughs> gonna chalk this up to a W in my column. Oh. I got exclusive before it came. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're letting Gordon win, dude. I'm Uh-oh. going through a breakup. Give me a break. <laughs> I've given you a lot of breaks. You have. You ha- <laughs> Just wanted one, man. You were like, come to my party? I'm like, no, I'm sad. I'm like, okay, man. That's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to bring you to a party. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the, the the general plan is is 95% of the beers will be taproom only. It'll let yeah. us let out our creative, you know. Right now, we have to always weigh of like, will this beer sell? Can we sell it in distribution? With this one, we don't give a fuck. I mean, we'll do fruited crazy IPAs. I'm chunky. really pumped about. <laughs> We're it, gonna it, do all the weird, stupid things that people want. Is there is there a specific beer that um, you guys are individually excited for for the system? Yes, yeah. yes, I am. Okay, so my space for us recipe is an amazing double IPA base. It's very simple, and it it has its own special joie de vivre being so simple whatever and i'm just gonna throw different hops at it okay I, that's my deal. double ipa not smash necessarily but i want to i'll probably uh, bitter it space with. smash right 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 I just do different riffs on it yeah. so i i've got a, a couple there's um crooked grin was originally a double ipa yeah i'm excited I, to try I, that I, you know for my own ego i just want to do it in its original form and that was actually one of my contest beers so i'm kind of excited yeah. for that but I know Ethan's got a plan of basically he just wants to make beers like Drecker once and then never do it again just to prove it can be. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to prove it's like that's you just throw 20 pounds of fruit in there and there yeah. you go. And then people but, will go nuts for it. For I don't know. No, but we, we have like a two-page 
again, from the collaborative side of the uh, brewery, we've got like a two-page list, half of them are IPAs, and then, you know, a couple pastry stouts. And some of them are, uh, for, actually, I'm kind of excited. This, you know, some people might not care, but I think it's kind of a cool idea for uh, St. Patrick's Day. We want to do a blonde, a red, and then a dry stout. And then same, get Irish yeast, same oh, thing, cool. and then have all three on for And you can re- reuse that yeast, too, and, and that, but. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it, uh, it'll it'll lend to more, it'll it'll lend to, God, I'm sorry, it's been a long day and I'm creativity, been drinking a lot of beer, yes. <laughs> we, can, we can bring in Casey or Gordon or um, some restaurant down the road that wants to make a little collab or like have, oh, you have yeah. if, Ra- if you know, if, uh, if, if there's a celebrity in town and they want to, you know, like. There's always a celebrity in town, Brian. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the celebrities that come on, coming through Hudson, fly over fucking country, Wisconsin. I think we'll be open anyway, more, you, you get more collaborations. It'll, be, it'll yeah. be easier to do, you know, four kegs to eight kegs at a time. We could do uh, the, like a glitter beer with the BB makeup I lady. Okay. That's no. <laughs> I got a story I will about lose that all respect there. for you. <laughs> Casey's and there's not much left. Ouch. <laughs> did you did you try to get her on the podcast? No, no, oh. we'll go into that off air. Okay. Oh. But uh so so what you're saying is that there could be a big O pop and barrel edition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean make it twelve point one. See, it, it was. It ended up being a really good beer. It was no. very good. Yeah. I, mean, was, I mean, Casey and I basically made the recipe. But, but I'm just <laughs> we did. I had to do the legwork, and you're like, "No, this fucking sucks." Here, <laughs> the goal will be about every every ten days to two weeks when it's when it's going to have a new beer coming online. So I just, about. Gordon, I just you showed me the recipe, and there wasn't double roasted crystal. Malt in there, so well, you can immediately you can no guide or direction. He goes write a beer recipe and we'll present it on the show. Yeah. Like, how do and you write it a beer? Needs DRC. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cornerstone. If you read the marketing. It's the cornerstone. If it doesn't have DRC or keratin, Brian's not interested. I, not I, I thought it was DRC or chit malt. Like. Oh shit! And chit malt. If I hear him say chit malt one more time. <laughs> Have we ever brewed with chit malt? No. We will now. You can make 100% <laughs> I'm going to make 100% and I'm going to call it Chit's Happening. Uh, so, you, but, so the thing Your is, you, chits in the wind. you won't be the know. first one to do it because Scott Janish already did it. God damn it. That's right. Actually, there's, there, I, oh, speaking of ones I'm excited about, there's this oatmeal beer. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's cute. It's a cute, like a Danish. I think it's Danish. Yeah, oh, you were talking about that. But it's like 60 to 80% oatmeal. Oh, wow. So, because we love Star Wars, and, uh, so, uh, yeah. 50% rice hulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For every pound of oats, and if it two does, pounds of rice hulls. If, it, if it doesn't work out, we're going to make bread in the fermenter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just heat it up and <laughs> open up the, all of a sudden you have dough that's bursted out yep. through you. Oh my. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. So, that lots of interesting stuff going on despite COVID and. Everything that uh, everything that's going on these days, which is has not been easy to navigate, but which I want to get to that. But sure. uh, before I forget, I got a listener question. Uh, another business owner. They said, "How did you fight city council and get your permits?" Knives. I don't. You know. <laughs> Just kidding. City council meetings. I don't like even calling it fighting. It. We. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I wouldn't really use that aggressive of a term. It. It's. It, they were. They were very open to it. Um. But there are you know, uh, 
rules and ways that this stuff works, which involved going to the city council meeting, saying the things, getting it on record, you know, publishing it, waiting a week, which I didn't, I, I learned a lot about the way that city government works. It, it it's, it's pretty, um, logy and there's a bunch of like hoops to jump through, but I understand why. I think so. it's in our case, it was a little more interesting. It wasn't, you know, most most businesses and breweries included are going to have to go to some level of city council mm-hmm. or county government planning for their approval. In our case, we had to go in and get the law changed. So, I mean, this is the sense of fighting. There, there was an ordinance in town when the winery got open to let a winery in town. And the way it was worded, you could open a winery of any size or a distillery the size of Jack like Daniels. The size downtown. of Jack Daniels. There was no Daniels limit. Downtown, but not a brewery. But you could open a brew pub. But again, not a brewery of any size. This and this right. is so, slightly anecdotal, but basically, we roll into the city council meeting and we're like, "Hey, can we do a brewery?" And they're like, "You can't." Oh yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, why do we do that? I don't know. Okay, well, let's just we'll just change it then. We'll put it back to the. We'll but even even with that level of agreement, you go back to the planning meeting. Yeah. You have to go meet with the city works, talk with them, and you know, so there's a lot well, of meetings then, and those types of things. And, and I know then, the person that sent this in; they're in a different state. I won't want to throw them under the bus. Oh, sure. They've had an uphill battle. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying oh, it's always I, that easy. I mean, I mean, they might be in like Utah. Like, I mean, we don't. You know. I mean, if if there's some words of advice, uh, f- most of the cities tend to be concerned about like your waste. You know, where you're. How are you going to get rid of it? How are you going to make sure it's not sitting around plugging yeah. up a downtown area? And then water. I mean, it, it's a legitimate concern with breweries, and especially in our case, um, we went out of our way to address that right away. And I mean, this isn't just that lucky. We did a lot of homework, mm-hmm. and we approached the city works and the water department before we even went to the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they were certainly up in arms and wanting to to understand. Thank you. We're wanting to understand what sort of stuff we're going to be putting down the drain and, and yep. chemicals and things. And, and you know, we, we the, the big conversation was BOD. It was biological oxygen on demand. It was, and that's what breaks stuff down is that, that BOD and... and in our case, it's it's not even so much chemicals. We mm-hmm. we went out of our way without even being required to spend a little more and use a citric-based cleaner instead of yeah. phosphorus because that can really damage plant life and, and you know, aquatic life. And, and we are on a river. So yeah. uh, St. Croix River. We use a historical or nationally protected river. Yep, at that. correct. Yeah. So we use non-phosphorus cleaners and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um but working working with the city and it was it was kind of interesting because at the same time you know we were looking at a lot of stuff with Colorado about how uh, Avery in particular sells some of their spent yeast to their city treatment plant to save the city money because they're using the same organisms in there to actually reprocess yeah. uh, the crap basically yeah. before they pump well, it. That's in. that's how you get rid. So, no, but like that's what yeah. we learned is that how that's how you get rid of the sewage and is that they basically ferment it. Joking yeah. aside, the, the treatment. The treatment process isn't biochemically that different from the brewing process. You're using slightly different bacteria, right. but it's really not different than a sour beer process, actually. Right. So what I just said, they're fermenting the poop. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> my next my next trip in Casey's time machine is go back, and I want to be a fly on the wall during planning of, let's put the the waste treatment center on exit one. Oh God. Welcome oh, to Hudson. Yeah. Here's our shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think actually. Like I think to to be fair. I'll start up front with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, I don't think exit one was at where it's at. I think it was up the hill. Uh, it, or it, it, I don't know that. Exit one used time. to be. I, yeah, I don't know the history, but it's. I mean, you got to. I, I heard to the that the. Yeah, I heard the. I think. Exit the, the two exit, used to be exit one? I think so, yeah. Well, I mean, I also think if you're Hudson, you know, your borders to the south, you don't want to be. 
but it, it, it dumps in clean. But you sort of want mm-hmm. that going down where everyone's boating. You want it to get out. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, send everything to Prescott. That's fine. Jeez. I was actually talking to one of the soft topic, talking to one of the guys that works at the on the lock and dam south on the Minnesota Iowa border. And when we had all that bad flooding, I think last year, two years ago, like, yeah, we just opened up full bore and said, fuck it, let Iowa deal with it. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this, yeah, downtown lives by that river. So we, we yeah. definitely noticed when the dam was out, now that it's back, it's, you know, yeah. it's been better with boat people. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mystery wrapped in a riddle. <laughs> so how do you guys come up with the name Hop and Barrel? I, mean, <laughs> I don't remember. My wife. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like, what, what kind of beer are you guys going to make? And we, we were like, oh, hoppy we were, and barrel aged. We were struggling going back and forth over names and they're taken. And, you know, every, you know, you hear this, the 7,000 breweries and everyone's two idiots like us trying to think of names. Yeah. And, they're, all the beer names are taken. All the brewery you names are taken. Like, you know, cute coffee shops have names like that, too. Yeah. So it's like you can't have something in your vicinity. There was a home brewer that had the name Hop and Barrel. Yeah. They, and we kind of. They had yeah. the website. We 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 ended up buying, buying rights to make sure. Right, yeah. They were pretty cool about it. But they were they were doing was it Pennsylvania or Ohio. I don't remember. They were basically doing the dabbler out there under the name. Sure. And that had failed a couple years before, but they still yeah. had everything locked up. And they're mm-hmm. like, they got what we're doing. So it's like a hundred bucks. And oh, that's no. yeah. yeah. There was wasn't there some other like there was like some other brewery that had tried to start in town, but they started a. Um, Started a brewery in a, a building that was like on non-commercial property or something. Oh. Didn't that play into something somehow or was it? I don't think. Am I just name. thinking? I, of, I think you're thinking the city stuff. Oh, no, that's what it was. They were just crabby that we were opening a brewery. Oh, I shouldn't have even mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember stuff that was like three, two, three years no, ago the, here. Yeah, the name was, she was just kind of like walking by as we were planning. Okay, so like, they didn't have the name. It was, no. they had some, okay, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Wow. So it was sort of like, what kind of beers do you like? Hoppy, Hoppy and barrel aged. <laughs> oh. How about hop and barrel? Yeah, so yeah, no, it was your wife, your lovely uh, wife. Oh. And Brian, I harassed you when you came on the show about two-ish years ago now that you know, we, we've seen the hop. When is the barrel coming out? And <laughs> since then, you guys have done a few different barrel age releases. And yep. like the one we mentioned floating around oh, right in front of me, the twice baked idiot. It takes some time. You know? Yeah, that yeah. is um, that is a program that we'll be able to get back, back more into. Now, it's it. I mean, with how some other like Lemon Breaker, like our huge seller for us is a shandy, uh, which is just, you know, basically lemonade and, and beer. And we sell a lot of that beer and that's fine. It's just interesting to see, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm anecdotally a new Glarus is like, yeah, well, our top seller is spotted cow, but like we have all these other beers too. And we're like, yeah, well, our top seller is, <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, crooked grin is crooked grin is up quietly. there. That's because that beer is fucking amazing. It's right It's on in the a money. good place. It, we it's love that. Yeah. Perfect right now. Or just that, yeah, we, we've had the last two batches are packaged and out the door the same day. Well, we're, <laughs> we're so, having that with everything right now. Yeah, though. but so that one's been... Which is really cool, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, when I tried Yeah, your, God damn, I was trying to mail some beer the other day, and I was like, well, we're out of fucking two of our best beers. I can't send <laughs> <laughs> these other beers. Like, I don't know. 
whatever. I'm sorry. I, well, I went in to try your your shandy, and I was mad because I wanted to hate it because I just <laughs> don't like shandy. We, we, we do don't, too. We don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we we tried the the hop the hop uh, hop water by Lagunitas on Homebrew Bound yep. last week, yeah. two weeks, whatever that was. Yeah. And it's like, damn it, this is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just shandies a start. They're usually sugar bombs, and really I can't enjoyed it. handle that. But now this one's cut pretty well. Yeah. Since opening, you know, what three, four years ago? Did you say three, 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 almost? What are some of the biggest changes that you've been able to make or improve since your first year? You know, such as hiring and training staff, equipment, your brewing process. I mean, you're talking about streamlining that, your advertising, marketing. I think everything. You know, it, it's it's a learning experience. All of it, and we've been growing i'm trying to bide my time a little to see if something pops up sales have changed dramatically our sales team that's a different look uh we were self-distributing and it it, how to even put this i think i think the the majority when we were self-distributing the majority of my week was frantically trying to to manage the the supply and demand and get the beer from point A to point B and manage the employees that would do that. And, um, dealing with, you know, 50 deliveries or invoices or whatever, or 20 or however many it was. I don't remember. It was, where am I going with this? How do you even say this? Well, Just, I, I think <laughs> the cool thing about sales, we've had, I, I should know, it, but eight or nine people who've helped us in, in different aspects yeah. of either sales or brand reps. And all of them have been great. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not something yeah. where you can say, oh, these people didn't work out or it wasn't. It's just been we've gone from such a model of like being a, a new brewery, no one knew to and carrying it out on our own and getting our name out there and delivering the beer at the same time to then, you know, kind of getting a little more established and having those channels and hard lines and maintaining accounts. Right. To then moving to working with distributors. Boom. So, so this was my my point was that we went from having to <clears throat> do our little sales song and dance and be like, yes, we will please, we buy our beer and here we will have it delivered. <laughs> and now we work with the distributors and it's like, Hey, here's some beer. Um, I see you've already got it on tap. Well, here's uh, some swag and high fives. We love you and see you later. It's just, you know, it, it's more maintaining and spreading the goodwill and the actual hard sales part is done by the distributors. But yeah, I think that's, that's been the biggest change mm-hmm. as far as how that works. Cause that's just in constant flux. And yeah. we've always had a good team. I've, I mean, yeah. you know, not to forget people, but Jeremy, when we had him right away, was great. He's a Surly now. He, yeah, he, he's very successful. That's where I met him. Sales okay. dude yeah. for yep. Surly he now. Yeah. On Facebook. I'm like, I know yeah. your face, but where do I know you from? Hot no, okay. it, it was yeah. hard, hard to see. It was hard to see him go. And yeah. you know, there are, other sales folk that we've had that it was hard to see them go to, but we understand. Um, Joe especially and everyone's done great. Yeah, Chris Mordick. So. Um, oh. Yeah, like we, you know, it's just unfortunate. It's like, hey, sorry, you're new. You get a, this crappy route, and yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. And then once we grow and you grow, then you know, it's there. There, there's been some disappointment and some heartbreak, but you know, it's it's all very very much understandable. And with your, and Brian, you talked about expanding with new distributors and expanding your markets that you're in. Do either of you guys worry about your capacity? Because you're talking, you know, yeah. like yeah. your beers, <laughs> the same day it's packaged, it's already being moved so, out. So much so that we bought a really expensive pilot system. 
Well, I, I think that's where we, we know now we're at a point where in, until we're at another site, I don't foresee us adding any new territory and it'll be maintaining no. the relationships we built. Otherwise we'll be, you know, short shafting commitments we've made. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so hard to tell what to, to, you know, what is going to be a normal number set, you know, because COVID and you look at numbers, you look at graphs and the pie charts and all the things that we have with our software and it, you know, it's, it's just nearly impossible to tell what this year would have been. <laughs> no, and, and we work with some very professional, I mean, work with, we work with a we, wide gamut of partners. But, right. And, and very good forecasters. And, and it's other than I think one of them is doing forecasts anymore. Budweiser stopped doing forecasts in some markets. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, we're all shooting from the yeah. hip this year. Well, yeah. Most of the distributors we work with are Bud houses. Uh, we have a uh, Viking Coca-Cola Coors. Mishad's different. Mishad is, they do a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) Bells. Yeah, they're like one of the biggest Bells distributors in the state, which is real. Second biggest in Minnesota. And and they're a tiny little distributor. Um, But yeah, I mean, other than those two, the other five are definitely Bud Houses. um, And that was pretty well purposeful on our part. How do you guys balance out then how much you need to keep in for the tap room to keep your patrons coming in there happy? <laughs> very, and very carefully. Obviously keeping your con- your your distributors happy as well. So, I, you know, you got to go with the people that are on the ground selling the beer over the counter. And we've got two very capable people in the tap room that keep an eye on that for us, um, Karen and, and uh, Nathan. Um, and they, t- they take great care and, and they take it very seriously. Um to, to sort of keep, you know, the, <laughs> the spice flowing. Yeah, they're very... You played too much Dune. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know they're, they're kind of excited. The they're, glow in your eye. they're rolling out a new training program mm-hmm. and tasting oh. program and some new changes for decor and things like that in the tap room. But they do, they do a great job. And the small batch system is kind of a, a bit of a promise to them of... Making yeah. amends for some of the shortfalls we've had to bear with. But they I, they tend to freak out when we don't. I mean, like they're like we don't have Wisconsin on tap, and they freak out. And, and Justin and I are like, okay, yeah. And they're like, no, but well, d- this, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, you guys really fucking care. <laughs> like, <cool. laughs> and Karen, well, they hear it from everyone when they ask. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is you yeah. got to go with the people that are on the ground. Yeah. We're not. We're not. I'm. I'm definitely not. We are. I don't know how often you are uh, behind the bar, but I'm just. It's not. You know, it's it's hard to to see that angle, and that's why we have, yeah. like I said before, smarter, more capable people. I think Karen's background; she was at farm table and yeah. restaurant. And She's a trained chef in restaurant management, mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. her, it was ordering beer and having what you wanted. It was a little different shift, but she's adapted. She's definitely great, adapted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the only time I've seen either of you behind bar working was at your uh, anniversary parties. Yeah, I've I've banned myself from bartending. <laughs> I, I do mostly sales, so. And yeah, and speaking of the balance, you, so Brian, you mentioned last year that with your Oktoberfest, it sold out in ten days. It always sells you, out right you away. Did, what, did you say you did ninety barrels last year? Every everything that we 30. brewed this year will just be gone in and gone, and you can't push it on the dates with this stuff. Like it was like August third, people were like, "No, we don't want." shandy anymore and we want <laughs> yep. one october fest and now and now it's september 6th and and our distributor is like no we're done with nope, october fest and most yeah 
Is it so, even possible to forecast those, you know, the staple uh, kind of uh, seasonal beers? You know, like uh, everybody does Oktoberfest this time of year. Everybody does it kind of spring, summer. It just seems to me that it's earlier every year. Well, yeah. Did you guys see my or see that Oktoberfest was earlier this year than it, it always usually is? It always is. It's every year. It seems like it's earlier. Pretty think, soon we'll just be having Oktoberfest in May. Uh, <laughs> some of the distributors want it in their warehouse. They want it in their by warehouse August by August first. Oh wow. And then they do the sales, and that's it. So some of the seasonals are, from the brewery's perspective, is you do one batch or one run, and that's it. You don't come back to it. You're on to the next thing. Yeah, that is, I'm sorry. That is what you just said. Yeah, like some of the distributors, if you have a seasonal, they'll make one order, and then they're like, stop, done, done. Because you've made that impact, that splash in the market, and everyone's like, yeah, and then it's gone. And then that creates the demand for... For more the next year. More next year, every time. So and and it's it's hard to to grasp onto that and be like, well, why wouldn't we just sell more beer though? And it's like, <laughs> no, you have to like create this like false demand. Or, well, you also don't want it sitting on the shelf. Th- that too. No. Yeah. There, there's those problems, and then you know when it doesn't it in my mind because I'm behind it, it doesn't cheapen it for me. But if you're a consumer and you are like, oh, they've gone ahead and discounted this beer. Well, I mean, what's the perception at that point? Right. I don't know. I mean, look at a market study. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, as a consumer, you know, if I see Oktoberfest still on the shelf in March, April next year, yeah, that something's like, weird. Yeah, did somebody overbuy? Or is it mm-hmm. not good? What's going on here? Even with some of the staples like Staghorn, everybody in Wisconsin knows of New Galera Staghorn, but I'll still see it six, seven months down the road. And yeah. like, what, what? Well, if you do, Gordon, buy some for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a phenomenal beer at that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't been able to find stable. it yet. I'm pissed off. Staghorn? I, I yeah. found it in cans. We have this beer called Zorro Rojo that is <laughs> infinitely shelf-stable. Uh, <laughs> we, when we yeah. went to a distributor meeting to, to fuck with this distributor... We brought 17-month-old beer. Jesus. And set it in front of them, and we're like, huh? Huh? And they were like, oh, my God, all oh, this, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, and then we were like, yeah, this is, like, a year and a half old. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's our shelf stability. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I think that was funny. That distributor, I won't drop the name, but that distributor, we, we, did, we have not ever... God, this is such a like ego pat myself us ourselves on the back thing, but like we we've just curb this one. <laughs> well, yeah, we've never had to like sell our brand and be like, oh, would you please pick us up as a as a you know you're a distributor? Would you pick us up as a brewery? Like we've never. They're just like, yes, come on, let's go. You know, uh, I mean, except for the one, and then we did our little song and dance, and before they tasted any of the product, they're kind of like, uh, breweries from your area, technically, like or not technically, but like typically. Rather, are over your under attenuated sweet, you know, just generally in the area that's just I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the water. Who knows? And then we're like, yeah, well, here, try this. And then it's another one of those meetings where we're at a Bud House distributor and it's eight thirty in the morning and we're drinking eight and a half percent IPA. Um, and they are too. I need to make a career change. Yeah, and we are <laughs> feeling buzzed up by noon and stop and get burgers somewhere and then i sleep all the way home so (laughs) (laughs) if as as soon as i hit a car and we go over 15 miles i pass out ask pete on thursday you'll see 
Hey, dude, then I'll you teleport up, places. That's awesome. Madeline, and I'll be refreshed. Good. <laughs> we'll meet you down at Tom's. Right on. Pine's waiting. He slept through, what, yeah. two, three states? Three. Three states. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's annoying. <laughs> dude, I can't sleep in a car. I don't like... You can sit in the back. I'm I am <laughs> I could as a kid, but now that I'm Shrek size, I can't find Shrek's. it. There's not many... He is Shrek size. <laughs> there aren't many vehicles out there. That He's just missing big. the swamp. It's... <laughs> Swamp. There is a swamp for sale. I found. You would totally buy a swamp. <laughs> like, Brian, do you think? You think I could maybe start a brewery in this swamp? <laughs> what was your favorite swamp beer? Name B, Brian. Well, the water. <laughs> well, water IPA. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mixed up a special batch of paint. I bet it's a haze. Swamp color. <laughs> Jesus, it's a haze. I bet, yeah. <laughs> And we we brought up COVID, you know, nobody could really see that one coming yeah. in. I mean, we're in month was five or six of fucking nightmare. what was supposed to be a two so weeks, is. maybe a month of what everybody thought was going to happen. You know, besides you're on the distribution side of the house, what kind of changes did you guys have to make? Well, all kinds of stuff. And we, and we still yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I would say that's not a, you can't really look back and say this is what we did. It's still going on right now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Oh, you know, we've we've had a lot a good year with distribution, and some of that's been a, a little's been COVID, a little's just been where we were ramping to anyway. So, how that plays out's been part of it. Um, you know, obviously the tap room had to turn to takeout only, and then all of a sudden we were able to reopen unexpectedly within a week, and that was insane. That there was were... brutal and not entirely fun was the takeout a customer demand or did you guys decide hey we should do this to well, keep a mandate moving we, product they sh- shut everything <clears throat> down well i meant like you i mean you could just kept the cap room closed or oh the yeah oh it, no yeah you can't i mean as much as distribution is going you can't keep you, a yeah business a money making i mean, I mean you can't pay rent and bills and all that without something going it's on and, the brewery wouldn't stay open if we didn't distribute there's a so if the tap room wouldn't have been able. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. Yeah. Um, but uh, so kind of what Gordon's getting at, uh, I think, is like, did you need that immediate cash flow? Because distributors like, or it's something like there's like a 30 day window before you get paid for the kegs you send out, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I mean, it's that's... it's first of all, if you self distribute, it's net 15 in Wisconsin, which okay. sometimes was way more than that. With some people, you had to go nudge them. Um, distributors, it's uh, as quick as they can. I mean, they get the, I don't know, they send us checks pretty quickly. All right. Yeah. yeah. We don't ever. Yeah. No, it's still, you just need both legs of the business. Mm -hmm. We couldn't, we're not at a point where we can say, okay, I mean, we we can't be surly and say we're closing our tap room and we're going to keep the business going. Right. No. Um, so they both have to be operational Mm -hmm. and you know, the tap room, a couple months of having takeout only is not enough to keep it going. So it's sort of bleed along for a couple months and did you see an uptick in the distribution sales because you know like me i had it's yes, everything it's, shut down you know, it's like on this yes and overall no because what people i think are forgetting is even though the cans may have picked up you're talking about a time of the year when they'd normally be picking up but we lost 100 percent of the keg sales for almost two months no. and a third of our distribution is generally keg sales so no it all took it oh. yeah because i well I think I filled up two recycling bins over a course of a few weeks. Yeah, no, I, I mean, can sales were good, but it was still, it, it, you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden can sales made up for anything you lost. Nope. 
And then I know Wisconsin, the shutdown was ended rather abruptly. And did you guys decide to open the doors right away, or did you kind of to get back to normal like some of our neighbors we, in Eau Claire? It was it was so abrupt that we wanted to pull our employees and our inner circle in because we had we just had to lay everyone off, um, and you know just literally take everyone off the payroll. Um, or is they even going with this? No, it was it was a inner circle decision of like let's oh give that's it, let's what it was yeah 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 let's we, make we, a plan. We, we wanted can... to make sure everyone felt okay, safe, you know, comfortable, yep. and and because that's that's our number one priority is our employees first, and then start restaffing at the same time. Well, that so too, it's reaching out and at that point, I mean, I'll be blunt, we'd made changes of how we were going to operate. So we had to. You you can't have eleven tap room workers on the payroll at fourteen. 14 yeah that was 14 (laughs) yep you can't now we have like four five so it's it's just learn learning stuff like when the bank says hey you've got really high payroll tax and this and that it's it was too bad there were some people that 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 you know didn't get to come back and that's just how she goes. I know so. Eau Claire made the news about an hour away from where we are now for because they basically opened up that night. Every bar was open. and well, But even where I'm at, up north in Barron County, I think it was two or three weeks prior to the Supreme Court decision, they gave the green light for business to open, but everybody up there kind of collectively said, eh, I don't oh know if this is a good idea. I well, live in Somerset. And there's some yeah, still there. The night, the night it opened, I toured some accounts, and they were... Throwing it open. And and I mean, you know, you can make judgments you want, but these businesses wouldn't have survived. Mm -hmm. And even even that massive influx, we had a couple weeks of just insane levels of business, still doesn't balance out anything. No. And you're trying to do it safely and respectfully. And and at that time, it's like people are wearing masks, and now you don't get into that. It was interesting because people were not wearing masks at first, and then it suddenly, then suddenly it spiked. But, but, what we also saw was, you know, it was an influx and nobody wanted to, what we saw was nobody wanted to open downtown because they didn't want to be the first one. They didn't want to be, you know, the, the social pariah. They didn't want to be, you know, or that's, that's how I viewed it. Yeah, we did. A, and we did a couple, I, I'd say, you know, well-articulated posts about our plans of we're mm-hmm. going to do this when it's safe and plan it out. Yeah. And we had picnic tables in the parking lot cause it was summer, and which that's when we realized it's sort of like, we're going to do our own thing because you know, half the people, not even half, I, oh, majority of people got what we're doing, but no matter what we had a cup, you know, the word of mouth site, someone yeah. goes by with parking with tables in our parking lot. And they're like, look at them trying to cram it in. Oh right. man. Yeah, look at that. And it's like, you know what? No, actually and that's then, being like, way more responsible. Yeah. 80% <laughs> of the people on it are like, well, no, they're spacing out. And it's just like, you know, uh, it's you, it's, you were often damn. I not this is probably pretty ubiquitous, but you're damned if you do damned if you don't sometimes yeah. I, it doesn't matter what you do. And I, I personally just waited a month to see what happens because my job, I'm a sales rep and I have to go see people. And so my people are in that high risk category. And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. And it, it, it's still, it's a very different, I mean, we were a very, we are a very family friendly brewery oh. and Sundays you'd go in and we'd have more kids than adults there sometime. And that hasn't come back. That has not come back. 
and, and it, it's it's insane. Um, it was just lousy with kids, which which was great. We had uh the like a kids corner. We had like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it, it had letters on the wall as a kids. There was toys, chalk to draw on the floor. We ended up opting out of <laughs> a because it's expensive, and b just it was more conducive to drawing on the floor with the chalk. Um, you know, you, you've, you've, it's dogs, kids, it's a, it, we say, and, and this is my, one of my favorite phrases, it's we're a community center that sells beer. So it's. And we, we still stand by that, but it's yeah. just, it's going to be, I, I know a matter of time until things truly resolve themselves with COVID or get to a comfortable point before people bring their kids out again. But it's, it's just unfortunate. It's not going to change anytime soon. And have you guys found any policy or procedures during the shutdown that you found good to keep? You know, once we do get back to normal, you want to keep around, you know, like cleaning and sanitizing equipment. Tables, we already yeah. did all that. I mean, so and that's the you thing have with most to. restaurants, too. It's like, I mean, there's cleaner restaurants and not, but most restaurants are already doing these kind of things. To be there, sanitary anyway. There's sticky beer everywhere. There's going to be flies if you don't clean. It's yeah. pretty simple. And as business owners, do you guys foresee going back to a state of normal, if you will? Or do you think the, the mass, the social distancing, limited capacity are the new normal? I think if that's the case, the, I, I no. I think short short answer is that no. I think there will be a date once it it finally there's a vaccine or it burns out or or whatever or people come to terms with it or I mean, we don't go down that road. But yeah, I, I do see a point where it gets back. Um, but I think there's certain things that a lot of businesses and people are going to become more comfortable with. Um, I think the the spacing will probably fade away. It seems to already in a lot of places, no matter what you try to do. <laughs> Um, for us, I don't know if we'll ever bring seats back at the bar. I don't want to. Um, it's, it's, I, I really, really don't want to. I think a lot more happy not that, having seats. Yeah, that was an bar. unfortunate, that's that, that. Okay. So if you scroll back up through this list, is there things that, <laughs> that changed that? One. But yeah, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Not, there are only seven, eight stools at the bar anyway. Yeah. I, I think part of us is it, it's trying to draw that line of, you know, there's there's places you go to have your bar and have that and we love Ziggy's. I mean, we love everyone at Ziggy's. It's the bar you can go, know the bartender, sit there. For us, it, it's your beer tenders. It's a little more talk about the beer. You're not there to share your gripes and and have that type it's, of interaction with your bartender. It's But everyone needs to know my name. No, and, and, it's fine. and I'm not knocking I mean, there's plenty of homebrewers where other people come in, you can have those conversations. But it, it's a different environment where a tap room and, and Learning and doing things to kind of set us apart more from bars and restaurants is something that I think we've embraced. And I think one thing I, I will say with COVID has made us more comfortable, kind of what you were hinting at, of no matter what we do, you know, hopefully more than half the people like it, but people are going to have their opinions anyway. So it's made us a lot more comfortable with this is what works for us. This is what we're going to do. We'll explain it to the best of our ability, yeah. but ultimately these are the decisions we're going to make and we're moving forward. So yeah. as as the weather gets colder, are you expecting a kind of change in your taproom environment? That's actually something we were just talking about. And, and honestly, um, fretting is not the word, but it, it's a very curious question of what happens when the weather shifts. We, I mean, if you're familiar with our taproom, we have a really nice patio and outdoor space. And most days that has a lot of people out there on it still. Mm. But indoors, um, you know, other than a busy Saturday night, it, it doesn't fill up like it does. And that's kind of typical for the summer. The crowd kind of moves from our big barrel room to the patio. But that's a question we have, too. And I, I'd be lying if I told you I knew the answer. I mean, I have what I hope happens. But um, <clears throat> so much crowd moves in, into man. the barrel room. Yeah. But seeing what happens, um, that'll be a big question for the fall and winter. Should this put a 
put some sand down on the patio and those heating lamps. <laughs> we've so, got we got some plans plans for the patio, but that's not it. And I mean the barrel room, we've space tables out. We've we've put the high tops in there now, so everyone can kind of have their own little spot. So it's actually much more spaced out than that room. Yeah, it's was. less beer hall. It used to be very beer hall, long tables. You'd be at long tables with other crowds. Now it's definitely went for that 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 look that yeah. aspect of it. i mean in the midwest if you guys are listening not in the midwest people midwest people don't want to sit by each other anyway but oh, right. <laughs> it's super funny watching a midwest family try to oh, sit at God. a beer hall yeah. like it's the best thing ever. Oop. just oh no no Oop. we're within five feet of you there we can't be there yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no i mean we've we've changed seating and, and hopefully that'll that'll resonate and prior to COVID, it seemed like you guys were having some sort of event or another at, at least once a month. Oh, like. we still kind of do. Have you guys, yeah, have you, do you have more events coming down the pipeline? And how do you navigate, you know, the guidelines from the health department and, you know, keep people safe? Of course, that's the, the big yeah. thing. And that'll be something we have to change um, as we do kind of fall winter things. I mean, right now it's easy to put music outside not necessarily have a big act but have like Zeb playing guitar and people kind of space out and that's been kind of a a staple this summer um i think as we move into winter it'll be a shift and that's kind of an ongoing discussion of what what's everyone comfortable with what type of event can this look like you know for instance our our october november thing we do and in our case usually we do one thing a month that we kind of sponsor everything else we're we're kind of brian's comment about a community center it's other groups having things and we just play host to it um for November, we'll have a release for our Paul and Babe's Breakfast Ale. And it's kind of tied in with something we've done. We open up on Black God, Friday. That was a good fucking beer last year. Which oh, one? The Breakfast the Ale. Paul and Babe. Oh, that's uh, soon. It'll be back soon. So, so for. I got the. the we have the art is being filed federally. It is. Um, and as soon as that is approved, I will get labels printed and then. Yeah, beer will be made. Yeah, for that event, we just give out bacon. So it's like, you come in, you get a beer, you get bacon. It, it's pretty easy to space out for that kind of thing. You know, Halloween party, how that works. We're talking about doing trunk or treating, spacing out, working with the library or public groups to kind of, you know, do what the community is doing and help out with that. So, And do you guys foresee doing your anniversary party come January? I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Every day is something different. Jumping worms. Plague. I know. just need to start planning now. Headbands. So. Headbands. Hey, hey. Yeah, you're in the. <laughs> if you checked out our webpage, you're in the background. No, from shit. last year's. Yeah. You, yeah, you're <laughs> updated. Yeah. You're, actually, you were in a bunch of those pictures. <laughs> well, well, you yeah. were there all day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. also fair. <laughs> it was only a 12 hour shift. No. <laughs> uh, we got Firewater indefinitely for January. That's about all we know. As if they if if we want them, they'll play. But uh, we'll we'll see. Honestly, we um we hope to, but. If I could just set up like a direct deposit so I could just have an <laughs> account there and put it on my tab. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just ACH it right in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell people, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal around here. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we have people who do that and that, yeah. Aside from your, your pilot beer We're system and the yeah. Paul and Babes. Uh, what other new beers do you have? Blood Orange Sour. Is that going to be the your fourth or fifth installment? Third. Fourth. Fourth. Fourth in the Kettle Third. Sour series? Third. <laughs> Sorry. Third. I was thinking yeah, ahead. Key Lime was two, right? Yep, Key Lime was two. This will be Yeah. So the 
the sour series is moving to the same four beers now we've kind of figured out what we, what we want to do with it it'll be a quarterly kind of one-off so it'll be the um key lime in the summer the blood orange in the fall we're doing a dark sour um coming up for first part of the year and then we're we're doing another sour ipa it won't be milkshake that that's been actually that's been an interesting beer for us we did milkshake and you know sour milk ipa off-putting in some markets and it, it went well and then that beer had a resurgence this summer just went it's weird crazy on tap um but we're we're tweaking the sour ipa and changing the name and and doing kind of a different sour ipa for our spring sour series is the dark sour gonna be like an oud brune or i'd say it's still being concepted out i would i would think heavily inspired by tart of darkness okay I don't think yeah I don't think we'd really no I I know that's definitely the direction we want to go with nailed it but it, it it hasn't been nailed down yet at all <laughs> and I have some listener questions that came in Brian for you and I want to open this one up to both of you Brian what is your zodiac sign <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I thought this was gonna be a question earlier well you know those shower thoughts I'm yeah like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Just had to get that out there. All and right, I want right, to I want to expand that into if beer styles were a zodiac sign, what was your what would yours be? Wait, is this a what? first date or what Jesus. the hell is happening here? I'm a I'm a Libra Scorpio cusp. So you're, you're a Libra. <laughs> I, I don't you tell me you gotta <laughs> you gotta sit across from me every day. You tell me, I don't know. Probably more Scorpio. Gemini? No, it was <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what any of these mean. October twenty third. Okay. I'm a Libra Scorpio cusp. So if beers beer style was a zodiac sign, what was your what would yours be? Scorpio. No beer style. Oh what beer style? What? I don't I don't know if I understand the question. He's like, what's what your, beer what's style are you? <laughs> what beer style am I? I'm a German lager. Justin? I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do know. Beer style, Jesus. That's a weird um, question. Is the person that asked this question Internet's a wild place? <laughs> is this person I'm a Sagittarius. Good looking. I'm a black IPA. Uh, Actually probably yeah. Long, 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 long. <laughs> I probably I am <laughs> abrasive. Oh. Yep. I'm abrasive. Not sarcastic. everybody likes me, but if you give me a chance, I can oh be sweet. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see your Tinder, <laughs> Casey. And Brian, the ladies of Instagram want to know: Are you single and ready to mingle? I, oh no. God. I mean, I am single, but I am not fucking ready to mingle. So. <laughs> So the answer is no. Is, is, is the ladies of Instagram an account? Because I'm wondering if that's a specific. <laughs> well, Gordon, congratulations! You ended this on a weird note. Uh, do, um, no. no. Oh, God. Instagram is the wild, wild west. Did you hear me like <laughs> shout about how I was going through a breakup and also sad? <laughs> So much so that I couldn't go to a party. <laughs> and Ben, anyway. Ben asked uh, if we can pet the beard. You know, you can set up like a little Jesus. token. You, I will tell this to everybody who is listening. If there is a person with a beard, do not touch their beard unless you ask first. <laughs> because if you touch my beard without asking, I will touch your boobs without asking. 
especially if you're a man. I will touch your, I will touch, I will touch your jubbly man boobs. And Justin asked, uh, are we going to Highlander duel this one out? Because you're our two resident metalheads. Wasn't. Yes. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I think we would like do like two two like fake clangs and then we would chuckle, throw our swords down and get drunk. And <laughs> which that's is probably work. completely accurate. We, we do have an, a corner in our office that's filled with swords. We do. <laughs> <laughs> there is this like... There was uh, like this half of a broken metal mash paddle, and I'm like, oh, we should throw that away. And Justin's like, no, I know where we can put this. And we put it in the corner with the other stuff that we will use to fend off zombies, basically. Zombies yeah. or whatever. It's your sword Solid corner. Player. The sword corner. It, yeah. uh, some of them are legit. Others are like, there's a fake plastic sword from a Halloween there costume. There is. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> your, your Jon Snow costume. Justin, <laughs> Justin was John Snow. They sold a furry cape. He has it. You uh, still have it? Yeah. We have, we have a few costumes. Like I, I'm I'll still be wearing I'm, on Saturday. I'm still really, really pushing to for us to rent those Dumb and Dumber tuxedos. Yeah. If well, we can actually do an anniversary this year, I'd commit to it. That would be awesome. Please do. They come with canes. Oh well, shit. <laughs> We found them. We, we found them. You can yeah. get them. We know. You can rent them. You can buy them. Like honestly, I just want to see the photos from that photo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be a thing. Because I mean, that's just do a we, new ridiculous which, idiotic thing. But which right? one am? That could do go. we decide this? Which one I am and which one you are? What, I feel like we did, but I don't remember. If you're Harry and I'm Lloyd, or am I more? Of a no Harry one's gonna win this conversation. Uh, that should really <laughs> be the label of your next uh, ridiculous city. It's barrel aged. Harry Lloyd. <laughs> this you two in the suits on the cu- on the can. I wonder how how we could work around that trademark. Yeah. <laughs> For folks listening that are looking to open a brewery or maybe they're in the early days of their business adventure, what advice would you guys offer them? Turn back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. No. Um, read a lot. Plan a lot. That's. That's that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's like any. It, it's really not that different than opening up any other type of business. I, I mean, do your research, know your area, know where you want to be. Don't just. I think especially with. I, I think the difference is especially with breweries. There's this whole idea of what you want it to be, and there's the. The reality. Like, there's the idea of having a brewery is very. Do you like it. the idea of this? If you were the type of person that generally likes the idea of stuff but then once you are actually doing it you're like you kind of fall off um yeah man i don't there's there's a an extreme ownership to this there's an extreme level of ownership to to owning any business that you know good or bad by hook or by crook you know it's the best job in the world right that we work at a brewery but it's still a fucking job (laughs) i I still have to wake up and and go and you know you still have to deal with coworkers and their behavior or i don't it sounds so like like uh, to say employees but like no they're your coworkers. you still have to deal with their fucking personalities and their smelly food at lunch (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's just, it is, it's the same. I mean, if if you're going to open a brewery, you have to realize you're not, you're not the one doing the brewing for the most part. I mean, you can open your nano and have that type of life, but that's, that's pretty hard in most environments unless you're in a very large urban area. And Justin and I are both fucking control freaks and to, to give up 
pieces and parts of this to these other people is extremely difficult. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I benefited from growing up in a dairy farm where everyone was entrepreneurs. Essentially, we had our own farm and that's what I grew up with. So not ever doing my own business or doing my own thing was never not in the cards for me. That's just what I expected mm-hmm. to do someday. And that was never in the cards for me ever. So, <laughs> so being able to be the co-founder is, it, it's, is a you big know, deal. You can study brewing all you want. And, I, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'll give credit where it's due. I'm ripping off from, uh, from Jamil Zanesenef and his podcast of how he always rants and rants about don't study brewing, study business. Um, very, very true. I mean, yeah. agree with him on a lot of things or not, but that's one that it's spend your time studying business in your market. Mar- marketing and, and, and learning what needs to go in which markets and who needs to go in which and what markets. Yeah. Like which which personality is the best out of our people for Amory? The tall, the tall girl. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's you. It's it's challenging. Do your research. I mean, the short advice is do your research. And, and my other thing is that I don't I don't know how you make money on a one like a one barrel system or a two barrel system or whatever. Like, I don't know how that's even possible. Like. I don't know, do 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 the research, do the math. Um, you're, you're not going to recover four million dollars in one year of business <laughs> or whatever, or one million or 16 yeah. million. It's I've always joked that it fucking happen. You know, if I retire and I just need something to do it would be kind of fun to open like a a three barrel system tap room only just for shits hey, you're not gonna like, make any money no that, that's why be after retirement it's like <laughs> I, I need your money. something to do but of course where can folks find you on social media and where can we get your beer uh at hop and barrel on instagram and then facebook just hop and barrel brewing yeah. um our beer pretty much anywhere within two hours of the tap room now hey. in pretty much any direction Yep, every in uh so outside everywhere outside of or just in or outside of the four ninety four excuse me, oh, six ninety four loop. Yeah, we're not in the uh, purposefully, which is another whole conversation that I don't really want to have, but like why we're not in the Twin Cities proper yet is it's purposeful. Um I yeah. Uh so we're everywhere outside of that. Um we have a distributor out of Duluth Superior area. We have one that's in St. Cloud. We have one in Rochester. We have one in uh, Northfield. Uh, one that takes care of the eight counties surrounding us in Wisconsin. We have one in the Eau Claire area, and <clears throat> that's it. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming yeah. out and being on the show. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening to the show. Without you, this would not be possible. I know many of you have asked, how can you help out? There are a couple things you can do. First, head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Give me five stars if you think I earned it. But don't give me whatever you think and tell me why. Hopefully, you think the show is worth those five stars. He will fucking argue with you, too. <laughs> I will. I'm good at that. I'm in sales. <laughs> And secondly, tell your friends, family, coworkers about the show and convince them to check it out. Lastly, if you'd like to help out the show, bring new episodes and have me force Casey to sit down here until the wee hours of the night, <laughs> head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast and keep an eye out for new merch coming out soon and keep in touch with new shows and guests by following the show on Facebook and Instagram, both at rules of the arena podcast. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitch, where you can tune into the show and join the conversations live. Just head over to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. And if you missed the live stream, but you still want to check out the video broadcast, don't worry. You can go find all past recordings on YouTube. Just search for rules of the arena podcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me for any comments, concerns, show ideas, what have you, uh, would like to be a part of the show. 
shoot me an email to gordon at blindninjastudios.com. Longtime listeners, I promise you this is the last time I'm changing my email and contact info. I promise. <laughs> last note of business, don't forget to check out my other show, No Story Left Behind. You can find the show on its own feed wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at No Story Left Behind Podcast. Thanks again, folks. We will catch you next time.